Diecast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. In today's episode, we hear about German politicians ushering in six weeks of a footballing Halloween with ghost games galore, take the temperature on the streets of Berlin and Bonn as sections of the economy and the Bundesliga come back online, and we'll ask, will football really change after this crisis, and if so, how? If there's something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call Ghost Game Busters, Jonathan Harding and Christoph Biermann? But first, let me remind you that you can read The Athletic's fabulous Bundesliga content and all its other football stuff in a free 90-day trial. Go to theathletic.com forward slash Pod. Right, gents, what do we make about the politician's announcement that the Bundesliga will be allowed back from mid-May? Um, does that sort of tally with the mood on the street or is the Bundesliga an outlier in the sense that they're sort of pushing things and maybe will not be finding a lot of sympathy for their endeavors? What, what do we think? What's the mood like in, in Germany on the ground, Christoph? I think the mood has changed a bit. Um, the Bundesliga, was, uh, as you said, it was, was pushing very much to the restart of the Bundesliga, but now some parts of the society have opened up. And uh, so now you get a bit more of a feeling that it's part of the overall flow towards more openness in, in society. Although um, I think uh, people who have uh, children that still go, uh, don't go to school, to uh, kita or to kindergarten, uh, see it possibly a bit differently. I think there's two ways to look at it. I think the public perception of the situation is probably different from how they see it. I think given the results, uh, the results, the events of the weekend, even um, with, you know, the Cologne midfielder, Birgit Vestrata coming out saying he didn't feel comfortable. And then basically backtracking on that after what feels like the club Cologne slapping his wrist and putting him in line. And then, you know, the Facebook live video with Solomon Kalou. I think the public perception of, of football and the situation um, it felt like it threatened to, to derail the DFL's plans to, to come back. But of course, you know, they have a different perspective on the situation. How they are planning and working internally is, how, is different to the outside. But I think that's something they've got to manage going forward. Public perception is a big, is a big part of it. And I think that's why the decision as to when, as in the exact date to when they start, is probably going to have a large impact on on how people will consider it going forward. It'd be interesting to see. I think my feeling from what, what I've been told by the Bundesliga is that they, on the one hand, want to be sensitive to the perception and want to be seen as not rushing things. At the same time, I think there's a real fear that the longer this starts to, to, to kick off again, the more there is a chance that another Solomon Kalou or another few positive tests might come along. For those who perhaps didn't follow the story. Um, Solomon Kalou had a BSC forward, ex-Chelsea player, went into the training ground with his mobile phone streaming a, a, a live video and he was shaking hands with everyone. Uh, he watched um, the video showed us uh, teammates opening up their wage, the salary receipts and being puzzled by why some of them had 11% deducted and some had 15% deducted. He also gate-crashed a coronavirus test of his teammate, uh, Jordan Turunariga. And um, he apologized since and I think realized that wasn't perhaps the, the smartest thing in the world to do, but uh, had to have, of course, suspended him. And um, Kicker had an interesting story saying that the local health authority in Berlin have threatened Hertha that they might pay them some unannounced visits to to make sure that the hygiene restrictions are being adhered to more more strictly. So what do you think, Jonathan? Because I think this is interesting as far as far as the mood is concerned. Have things on the ground open up enough 
from where you're sitting in Bonn in North Rhine-Westphalia to suggest that when the Bundesliga does come around, whether it is the 15th or the 22nd, it will be seen as slightly less outrageous an endeavour? It's tricky to say, I think partly because each uh, state is, is different. My feeling personally is that even if there's less outrage by the time that it comes around, I still think we have to consider the mental state of a lot of people um, coming out of, of this pandemic generally. Um, because, you know, we're going to be in a different spot in terms of how we consider ourselves and how we think about the world and, and sport. Um, and I think that's something to bear in mind, you know. And that's also connected sort of to what you were saying about Kalu and, and the DFL's fear that another incident like that might happen. You know, I think there's got to be enough in place to make sure that players are not only well-educated in terms of what, needs to be done and the severity of the situation but also that their mental health is looked after so that they don't feel you know isolated or or unsure of of the situation um obviously you know we're just talking about everybody's mental health really going forward because i i think that's something that can't be overlooked when you're talking about the general state of play and how people consider the bundesliga and whether it should come back i think it's a little bit further away from perception at the moment because I think people are still on the whole at least that's my experience uh, still used to being in their in their apartments and making the 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 one or two trips to the supermarket what I'm really interested from from to hear from you guys is if you can gauge sort of the temperature of the everyday man sort of the person that you'd maybe meet in the S-Bahn if you were allowed to talk to them or uh, or share a cab with you know the taxi driver's view um, because so far we've heard from the politicians, we've heard from um, some players, we've heard obviously from the clubs who who need to come back, who've made that point very forcefully. We've heard sort of the critics from um, lots of uh, journalists, reporters saying this is somehow um, unbecoming and uh, or perhaps ignoring uh, some of the issues that, that Jonathan mentioned. Um, but we haven't really heard from sort of as the silent majority, if, if indeed there is one, um, Talking about myself, I got a text from my dad, who was very excited that football's back. I got a text from a friend who doesn't watch a lot of football, but is a is a hardcore fan of one of the clubs and, and will be watching. What is your sense of sort of the, 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 the wider feeling out there? Are people excited? Are they blasé? Are they hostile? What do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I think Christopher's right in the sense that I think initially probably the perception of the Bundesliga is far away from a sense of what life will be like now because other issues are probably more pressing, whether that be, you know, children, schools, going out and, and being able to interact with people. I think that's probably more at the foreground. But I think the more relaxing measures that come into play and the the, the closer the, the actual restart of the Bundesliga comes say it's the 22nd, for example, I think the closer we get to that date, there's probably going to be a rising sense of anticipation. I certainly get the feeling that people, some people were certainly looking forward to having that back because I think people look at sport as being the ultimate way to maybe turn off from, from work, turn off from other aspects of their life. It gives them another source of energy and it gives them another source of life, to be honest, uh, in, in some respects. Um, I think that's that's not to be underestimated. Um, and I think that that inevitable wave and of, of excitement and anticipation 
will come for a lot of people, not just fans, but I think that, oh, the football's on the television at 3.30 on a Saturday. I think that subliminally probably feels like some level of normalcy. But, but what I think is um, the, the, the main problem here is, and, and that's what a lot of people and even diehard football fans are, are thinking about, I mean, it w won't be the Bundesliga that will be back. It's a ghost Bundesliga. It's not real football. It's uh, Geisterspiele. Without everything that makes football uh, such a fantastic thing, the dialogue between the terraces and what's going on on the pitch, the atmosphere, the singing, the complaining, the shouting, the all the emotional aspects will be taken away from the game. When you talk to football fans, a lot of them don't know what to expect. Will there be hooked to their drug when it starts again or will they be frustrated because it's not the real stuff my impressions from the from the very few ghost matches we've seen before the lockdown is that in the end it will be a huge disappointment because it's it's not real football football as it must be rather than football as it should be huh? i think you're right i think people will there's a strong chance they will be disappointed at the same time. I think after watching maybe three, four, six, seven, fifteen ghost games, they might be able to look past it and can just zoom into the game the way they would watch a game in the park between players or a sixth or seventh division game. It's, it's hard to say. Uh, humans are quite good at getting used to stuff that is at first very weird and deficient and, and wrong and somehow find some kind of routine in it. Um, what I remember personally is... When 9-11 happened, the Champions League game still went ahead that day. And even though it felt really wrong to watch, I was actually happy for 90 minutes to watch Schalke play Panathinaikos in a game that was eerily quiet and very, very strange. I, w I was there also, but I wasn't excited, actually. I, I had the feeling it was wrong to, to play uh, uh, on that day. and I wasn't excited either, Christoph, but I was happy that for 90 minutes I could just watch something that was not related to to New York. And even though it was a horrible game and really strange, and, and you're right, everyone had that feeling that they shouldn't be playing. That was another thing. And you kind of somehow felt complicit almost watching it, that you shouldn't be watching this. I was still happy that it was on. That was my point. I think we will be get used to it to an extent. I think you're right, but but only to an extent. Uh, so so my feeling is that I probably will watch the the matches of my team and maybe one two others, but not that I probably won't consume as much as I would do normally, because there is so much lacking from it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the end when I get used to it, it after some some match days um i i will come back to my watch it almost all routine <laughs> the conversation about ghost games and i think what christoph said is is really is poignant in and points to the 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 bigger issue perhaps the the sort of second elephant in the room if that's an analogy that even works but the the german football fans and the identity of, of what it means to be involved in that situation calling for now to be an opportunity to change is is also interesting in the concept of well we've just got to play these games out and and how do we feel about watching them and how do we feel about not being involved as as a fan you know because this is also the moment where i think if we're all watching the game from home and we're not there then as christoph said there's a big part of what makes german football very unique missing 
And I think those involved in that process are probably going to be asking questions, well, if we're not able to reform and make changes to the way that the system is run now, then how can we, you know? And I think that's an interesting extension of, of the situation that will probably become bigger and bigger as as people potentially do get used to to ghost games. Yeah, I want to talk about these possible reforms and changes in a second, but I do wonder, Jonathan, you, you mentioned it, if the Bundesliga will actually strip out their football as it's meant to be claim from the international broadcasting pictures because it will look very, very strange yeah, uh, and tone deaf if it uh, precedes um, ghost games. But talking about these uh, these possible changes and reforms, it strikes me that a lot of lip service is being paid to that at the moment and Christoph Seifert, um, Christian Seifert might be sensitive to the demands, but ultimately I'm not exactly sure where this all is going. And I'm very skeptical that something will actually dramatically change. What do you think, Christoph? I share your skepticism. But on the other hand side, if you if you listen to what football people in Germany are saying, my impression is and also what they what they tell you on the phone and maybe what they won't tell you tell out loud, my impression is that there is a a deep longing for something to change. I think they actually don't know how to do it and what the big plan can be. But for example, uh, Hans-Joachim Watzke, the CEO of Borussia Dortmund, who was giving loads of interviews in in, in recent days and weeks. Um, how unusual for him. Yeah, how unusual. <laughs> You're right. Uh, he, he was saying um, that German football should be purer again and uh, this so everybody is thinking about yeah uh, uh, coming back to the roots but 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 what does it mean exactly so we're spending too much money we're spending too much on players agents and and the whole system is so um, what what you could see is so fragile um, so uh, not not because uh, everybody has uh, is having uh, or would have got enormous problem if the season would have stopped altogether because I think you can't be prepared for it. But uh, you could see that a lot of clubs already after through two or three or four weeks were in that uh, in that deep trouble and and so their their finances were not uh, are not really solid so overall there is a vague and opaque and um, feeling uh, we have to change something and I'm 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 really inter- it will be really interesting to see if if some of the um, actors in this field will come out really with a proper plan and I don't uh, talk about this task force uh, future that the DFL will set up because I think that is more to me sounds a bit more like a lip service um, yeah yeah we're doing something we're putting together a task force and then we talk about the future of football blah 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 but I have the feeling that uh, probably some some uh, some of the actor uh, in this field will come out with a proper plan in, in, in weeks to come. Well one suggestion I have seen uh, which is more of a technical change really or administrative change regulatory change is to say to Bundesliga clubs you cannot budget against income that you haven't actually received 
Um, I've seen uh, some suggestions that clubs have already borrowed against money that is only coming in in next uh, year's TV payment. So, of course, if they are now struggling to receive this rate, um, then they would be in, in huge problems. But at the same time, I must say, I kind of sympathize with the idea that you as a football club, should in a way spend as much money as possible. Uh, always remember that um, Franz Beckenbauer used to complain that FC Bayern shouldn't be a bank. And his point was, I think back in the in the 90s or maybe early noughties, that yes, it was great for Bayern to amass all this money on their infamous um, savings account, but the money would be better spent or, or would be better used being spent uh, on the pitch. In a way, we don't want clubs to amass lots of money we want we want them to spend it in a sensitive sensible manner of course so i'm not sure we can readily find a way out of this uh, dilemma it strikes me a little bit like the discussion we often have about capitalism where again every few years there's a big wave and big sense that this cannot go on and things need to change but no one can really come up with a credible alternative uh, and perhaps change is more gradual. In the in the sense of football, though, I mean, I think you're you're right to say that we we don't want football clubs hoarding the money, but maybe we can ask the question. You know, maybe they should be spending it in different ways. Uh, I would like to to see more football clubs spend money on the way that they approach the youth football. I would like to see football clubs, you know, support local um, local teams and to spend that money in ways that aren't just as obvious as buying the left winger from the Premier League who's really great um, because I think transfer values and, and, and market values are, are so they fluctuate so often and it's not necessarily representative of quality obviously um, I think that obviously we, we don't want football clubs to just be sitting on a lot of money but I think there are probably better ways that they could be spending it than they are now and I think German football clubs probably have an extra level of responsibility or at least in my opinion they do not to fall into the trap and follow the the path that a lot of other Premier League clubs have have set, which is by you know paying above price for for uh, for players. Um, I know it's not always as simple as that, but I think it is possible sometimes to be brave and do things differently. And uh, if I'm honest, I think German football teams, whether that be the national team. Or German football teams have probably been their most exciting and most interesting when they've sought to be innovative and, and not do things the way that others have done it. I think one one a very important aspect is to understand that football is not a, a classical business or probably not a business at all. It is a business-like thing. But as <clears throat> as you were saying, the aim of, of, of the football, if you look at a club as, as a football business, is not to maximize your profit, but to, to maximize your sporting success. At the same time, trying not to go bankrupt. I, that's uh, um, that what football clubs do, are doing. And that's something different from a, a, a classical enterprise or from, from a classical company. So if you keep that in mind, I think uh, sh football uh, should be looked at uh, differently on the one hand side. And 
I, on the other hand side, I think it has a lot to do with regulation. That the Bundesliga is so strong, even in the crisis, has to do with a lot of regulations, with the so-called Lizenzierungsverfahren. So uh, there is a, a, a big amount of background checks before the start of the season and um, obligations that clubs have to fulfill uh, financially, also that they have to invest in the in their use scheme and so on and so on and I think probably uh, this part of the of the uh, uh, so-called business that in my view is not a business should be regulated more on the one hand side and and then I, I think another aspect uh, that should be discussed is the distribution of the incoming revenues Uh, because uh, they are too uneven distributed, and that uh, but that's a huge problem for all the big leagues, and even for some smaller leagues in in Europe, uh, because with the international money coming in, there is uh, there is this distortion between the big clubs and the the smaller clubs, so that we don't have a open competition right now yeah well this is certainly a, a subject i think that the bundesliga needs to uh, look at quite closely the sense of competitiveness um it's not easily uh, achieved but before let you go i wanted to ask you christoph what is your feeling about how the bundesliga will stage uh, these games there's lots of ideas floating around of how those um, games will be staged um, you could go back to match day 26 which was the last round of fixtures that should have been taking place before uh, coronavirus put a break on the season you could start feasibly with the last game um, of the regular calendar and then work your way backwards or an interesting suggestion I've, I've heard and you can read more about this in a piece I wrote for the athletic is that they might curate their own fixtures from the uh, bulk of the remaining games to deal with issues like not having any complicated games coming back like uh, Dortmund and Schalke straight away which might create a bit of a, a fuss in the wrong way uh, but also keep travel at a minimum perhaps in the early stages have you heard anything or Christoph and if you haven't what do you think is the most sensible way of doing this what I've heard is that they go for the simple solution Uh, just start there where you uh, where you stopped or b before you stopped so um, that they will start uh, when they start with the uh, 26th match day and then uh, in the in the regular order towards uh, 34th yeah I think one thing they might do if that is indeed the case is take a leaf out of last season when you might recall Sky the rights holders in Germany sub-licensed the uh, Revere Derby to one of the state broadcasters or public broadcasters I should say and uh, had it free on air I think at this particular moment uh, when there is a lot of concern and politicians uh, fans and and some former uh, football people like Willy Lemke have tried to put pressure on on the league and on Sky of making more games available free to air to stop people congregating in groups etc 
it might actually make for a pretty smart move to have that as your one of your first games, but then free to air for everyone to see. Yeah, that's that's uh, uh, sounds very likely because um, uh, there is this a special situation that Eurosports, who who had a, a, a license for the Friday match and for some of the Monday matches or so, so they had a, a small bulk of of, of matches. Um, Uh, they refused to pay the uh, last rate, uh, part of their payment, and the these matches were taken already the whole season by the zone, and so um, obviously the zone is not returning to broadcast any of the Bundesliga matches and. So the discussion that is going on is uh, that uh, some of these matches are will be shown f uh, free in the. Um, um, ARD or ZDF in, in Germany or maybe in, in some of the public, local or federal uh, channels. So that uh, seems to be one of the plans of if that's decided already. No, I don't know. Jonathan, I'll let you have the last word. Um, we've been remarkably downbeat in this pot, I feel. Um, given that we actually see football return, Do you think there is something to look forward to or will the overall sadness that uh, will come with watching ghost games just destroy the uh, the feeling too much and the excitement? I think you were right when you said that human beings tend to get used to things even if they don't like them to begin with. I think initially, I think there's at the moment probably a huge sense of anticipation about sport uh, as we probably know it returning or as we don't, for that fact. Uh, but sport in some form, as we know it, returning to the screen. But I think, you know, Christoph said it earlier, when we get there, I think it will probably feel like a massive anticlimax because it won't feel like anything that we're used to. Um, however, after a certain amount of time, uh, I wonder whether by the end of the season, nine games later, whether we'll just feel like, oh, that could be something that we get used to or that we've even gotten used to. Or whether we'll say, thank goodness that's over. I hope that we never have to experience that again. And, uh, you know, with a new season, um, maybe it'll be something different. But obviously, given the possibility that there will be no fans in the stadium for the rest of the year, uh, who knows how long we'd have to get used to it. But I feel like initially that feeling will probably be a bit of an anticlimax. But I, I think you're probably right when you say that we'll get used to it. May I add something um, more upbeat? <laughs> Because one, one, fun, one funny aspect is looking at Twitter, for example, a lot of uh, football fans, uh, not only in the UK, but all over the world, who are desperately looking out for some football and maybe already try to find some uh, K-League matches from South Korea, um, are probably looking forward to, to see the Bundesliga. Liga and maybe in the end we have uh, uh, Paderborn fan clubs in Chicago and uh, the uh, Hoffenheim loyals in uh, Glasgow <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe that's something uh, uh, that can uh, come out as a result of all this uh, so the world watch yeah some, some people were already joking there will be uh, one, one billion viewers for uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf against Paderborn but I'm already see. thinking of the, the Bogota Fortuna Düsseldorf Ultras you're right yeah I'm already thinking about it <laughs> yeah well Fortuna Düsseldorf Paderborn would be the first game coming back on Friday night if they do resume 
with match day 26. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that's going to be the best way to advertise the league, but you know, uh, let's let's hope for the best. I think it's worth making the point though before we go that unfortunately the way things are, I think we might have to get used to this kind of game because as Jonathan suggested, there is no realistic prospect of proper football with fans coming back any time in 2020, maybe even not in the first half or first quarter of 2021. So Ghost Games is all we have and we'll have to make the most of it. Right, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll tune in next week when we come back with another Starcast episode. Thank you, Christoph and Jonathan. Be safe. See you soon.